What a great episode we have for you today. Love Coach Vale, Valeria Jaramillo, originally from Colombia, is a new friend of mine. She is an amazing love coach, very sought after. A lot of people are talking about her. She is very young but very, very wise and getting great results with her clients. I was really excited to sit down with her. She's a successful entrepreneur who stepped into her power at the very young age of 26. She's a successful love coach who helps women of all ages to find love. And she knows that in order for them to do this, they have to first find love within themselves. She helps women break through the barriers of codependency let go of painful experiences from their past, and open up to a whole new way of living. And Vale's story is no fairy tale. She came from a very poor family. None of the women in her family had any education past high school. None of them had healed from their past wounds and traumas. None of them understood finances or even discussed finances. And none of them had a healthy relationship with themselves or with others. Despite having these circumstances, Valeria graduated from college with honors, began her own healing journey, and has become a very successful businesswoman. As a love coach, she's determined to spread her wisdom and be a light of hope for other women. She wants all women to see that no matter how you started and no matter what cards you were dealt, you can heal, you can change, and you can love. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. So today I am very happy and excited to be able to sit down with my new friend, Love Coach Vale, who is really making her mark in the space of coaching with regard to relationships, in particular coaching women on the complexity and also the simplicity of relationships and really happy to chat with you today. So when we were talking, I had, you know, so many things I wanted to ask you because I've been following you online and we've gotten to know each other. We're both one-on-one clients of Kayla Craft. So that's something else we have in common. And you have so much knowledge and experience that I wanted to ask you so many questions. Usually these episodes just kind of flow out organically, but today I decided to take a different approach and you gave me two choices that I could focus on. Well, you gave me several choices and I picked two. And the first that I found super interesting that I think our listeners are going to love is why women tend to settle in relationships. And the second one is why do we shut down emotionally in relationships? 
So first, introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us everyone about you and how did you get into this space of being a relationship and love coach? It's so needed. Um, And then we can talk about those two points. Yes, Jill, thank you so much for having me on. It is an honor. And like you said, we're both um, clients of Kayla. That's how I originally found you. And even though it's only been a short time of me knowing you, I just want to say how amazing it is to see your transformation and to feel such a strong connection in a short time and from far away. So I just want to say you're a badass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and of course. So I got into being a love coach. Really, it started when I was young. I had no idea that this was going to be my career path. But I really believe that we all came to this earth with a purpose. And even the obstacles that we face are what brings us closer to that. So I grew up with a single mom. I didn't have a father figure to really show me that love and protection. Uh, My mom, unfortunately, was, you know, she had a lot of healing to do herself. And she modeled very dysfunctional relationships. So I quickly followed her footsteps in that. And that led me to an immense amount of pain. I've dealt with really hard things in my life, but I can honestly say that nothing ever felt as painful as the pain I felt in relationships involving men. Mm. And I knew that there was something that had to be, you know, something had to change. And it was, it never was about the man. You know, I, I had different relationships and I always found myself in these situations crying, hurt, in pain, just allowing so much chaos in my life. And I realized I was the common denominator. <laughs> I couldn't keep blaming the people outside for my pain, inside. And so I got really, you know, real with myself and I decided I could not let this go on any longer. So I got the help that I needed. And I think that's one of the most courageous things that you can do when you are in the gutter, especially women that are suffering from a lack of love, you know, in their life from themselves, from others is get help. Like, don't let your pride get in the way allow other people to help you and lift you up when you need it. And it wasn't until my second, so this is my second business. My first one I had in swimwear line, also around women. I've always loved empowering women. I just didn't know which way I was really going to venture out. And then after, you know, COVID happened, after the bathing suits kind of felt more of like a hobby than a passion, I really looked at my life and I said, this is something that has transformed my life in the best ways. And I need to share it with other women. I need to let them know that there's hope and that they can change this and they can have the future and love that they really want. So that's where I just felt like this is, this is it for me. Well, before we get into the two questions that I get to dig into with you or have you share with us, I want to just say, I love that you said that, that you started off by looking at yourself because you can take all the courses in the world and you can become a certified coach and tell people that you're an expert having really not lived through anything, which to me, it just makes it very inauthentic. And I think we see a lot of that in this space. 
So I love that you're willing to say, no, I had so much to deal with, but then you look at yourself because I see the way you coach. You don't just say, you should do this, you should do that. Love yourself. You know, you are very real. You say things like, you have to look at your own shit. You can't project it onto your partner. You can't come to me and say, why are these relationships so bad? I'm dating the wrong guy. And and I've heard you say things like, okay, well, maybe it's not the guy. Yes. (laughs) You know, maybe it's you. And I love that you're willing to say that because it's, I just, you know me, I don't like fluff and I want people to just be real and honest. And that's how you are. And that's why I love it. And that's why I told you, I can't wait for all three of my daughters to sign up for the course you have coming up because I want them to learn from someone like you who's walked through that, but then your answer isn't, oh, just go take bubble baths and get manicures and go out with your girlfriends for drinks. That's not the answer. And so when you did dig in and and do all that healing, it's so beautiful that then you said, I want to help other people. And I can see you're on Zoom right now, so I can see you. You lit up when you said that. And there's a difference between I'm really good at having a bathing suit line. It's interesting to me. I could make money doing that. But then with this, it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is coming from a really beautiful place where I feel like it's drawing me, right? You're not, it's, it's pulling you in. And that's, to me, the best career ever because you're going to be helping others, but using your own pain, you know, as part of the medicine for them. So why do you think so many women, whether they're 17 years old or 67 years old, why are they settling? Why are they settling? Yeah, so this is a great question. And honestly, you could talk a whole podcast about this. I really feel like women settle so easily because they just don't have high standards for men. And that comes from not having high standards from themselves. They don't value themselves enough to realize that they are worth more, that they can have those things that they want. But in order to do that, you have to have a certain self-respect for yourself to understand that these are the requirements and these are the standards that I have in order for you to be in a relationship with me. Like in order for us to be in a relationship together, these are standards, these are my values, these are my requirements and allow men to really step up. But what happens is that women don't value themselves. They don't have high standards and they just end up settling for the guy that's giving them a little bit of attention, a little bit of, you know, quote unquote love. And they get into their thirties, forties. They want to settle down. They want to have kids. They want to start a family marriage. And then they just think that there's this, you know, biological time bomb that they're running away from and they need to settle. And so then they just, I mean, it's so sad to see, but they don't realize how much of a role they play when it comes to settling. Like it has a lot to do with them. It's not just the man that they're with. And I think women move too fast in relationships. I feel like our you know, my generation and the way society is, everything is just instant gratification. So it's like, I like a guy, tunnel vision, I'm all in, this is it. It's like they already have the wedding dress on when he hasn't even asked them to be their girlfriend. And so they're investing so much, you know, they're giving it their all. And then this guy, he doesn't appreciate it. And it's not even to say that you're with a bad man. But when you give everything so easily, 
No man is going to respect that. No person is going to respect that. Even with our coaching, if Kayla was free, do you think that we would be investing and putting as much in as we are right now? No. What a great example. She has such high standards and we have to rise to that standard or we don't get her. Exactly. It's the same way with a great quality relationship and a great quality marriage. You have to have high standards so that you guys can both step up to the plate and do what it takes to have a loving, healthy, committed, passionate, affectionate relationship. You can't just get that with low standards. And it's sad because women feel like if I just give more, he's going to love me more. He's going to realize how good he has it and he's going to change. Just cut the crap right there. It does not happen. And you live your life settling. You wake up when you're 50 years old. You raise kids with the wrong man, with a man that never cherished you, with a man that never put your needs first. And now you're like, I'm stuck. What do I do now? And so that's what I teach and try to give women these tools and resources so that they can start, you know, changing their decision making so that they don't have to wake up when they're 50, realizing that they never took action on this and they settle for a life that they didn't want. Yeah. It's interesting because I know you've told me you you see this pattern over and over again with your clients Mm -hmm. and I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I see it too. And this is, this was me. I mean, I was, uh, gosh, I married so young. I was 22, a little before my 23rd birthday. And I absolutely kind of forced almost the commitment part of the relationship because I didn't want to be alone. And I knew that he was safe. I would call him safe. Nice guy, probably not ever going to cheat on me. You know, great reputation. Everybody liked him. Yes. (laughs) He may not be what I really was hoping for, but... But he checked boxes. He checked the boxes. And in my experience, I'm actually realizing this as we're talking, as I settled, it was actually like, oh, thank God, because I don't have to grow, right? So if I settled, it's easier for me. I don't have to look at myself. I don't have to do the work it's going to take to figure out the woman I really am. And I didn't even know that that was possible, by the way. It's not like I said that at the time because I was clueless. But I think secretly it w- it's a relief when we settle at first. Yes. And then the resentment comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we blame the poor guy. Yep. That he's not measuring up. Oh, girl, my, my boyfriend or my husband, he this and he that. And you're like, dude, you're the one who picked him. This is how he was when you met him. And now you're complaining that he's not all these things, you know? And I know one thing you, you're you doing is helping women find who they really are, which is perfect for this podcast, and love that person and become confident independently and then wait, wait, and then attract the right partner. You know, rather than, oh, I'm just going to throw my line out and see what sticks and then come complain about it. <laughs> yeah, it takes away all the personal responsibility when you settle. Because you put, you know, it's like women give a man their heart and they're like, okay, here, you're responsible for this. Mm. And that's not how it works. You know, you have to be responsible for your heart and you have to set these standards up. It's like women want, they don't want to have to work on these things. So it's like, here's me. Now you put me to this level of standard and requirements and you meet them. It puts you not doing any work. You don't have to do anything. 
And then you just get to sit there and blame them when they don't meet up to it. Oh my God. Like I, I look, I'm trying not to interrupt you, but I literally want to stop and go, okay, can we just like highlight what you just said? That is so, to you it's obvious, but I don't, I'm not in this arena. So it wasn't obvious to me until you just said it. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we do. I'm going to hand you my heart and say, you make me feel worthy. You make me feel loved. You make me feel like a queen. You make me, and if you don't, you're an asshole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and he doesn't even know probably to think this or say this, but he's subconsciously, he's thinking, why don't you do that? (laughs) Because that's also probably even more attractive to him. You know, a woman who has done that. Definitely. Oh my gosh. And do you feel like You know, being a relationship coach, do you feel that there's also like the men who are attracting women like that, they probably have their own wounds and their own crap because certain men wouldn't be attracted to women like that. Certain men would be like, no, I want a confident woman who loves herself, who is taking care of herself and doesn't need me to make her feel like a queen. She already feels like one. I know that there are men that that's the kind of woman they want. I've never been that woman until you know, really recently ever. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, no, completely. I mean, the women that are constantly settling, they probably didn't have a good experience when they were dating. And so they don't want to go back to that. And they don't have the discernment to figure out, you know, the right guy versus the wrong guy. Cause when you're single and you're dating, you're going to meet the wrong guy and you're going to meet the right guy. That's just a process of dating. It's not like you go out there and you meet every single guy that you meet is going to be the right guy. And so the men that are attracting, you know, what you have inside, you're going to get that guy that's going to stick with you because you guys are both on that same like low level frequency. You guys are like magnets to each other. So you could be this woman saying, I want a committed relationship. I want that healthy love. I want a man that's going to stand up. And let's say you go on four dates, one out of the four men is that guy that can do that. But you don't have the knowledge to discern that. And you are going to be magnetized to the one that serves your actual belief, which are those low value of yourself. You have the belief that you actually aren't worth all that. And you won't put in the boundaries to really solidify that that is your value. So then the right guy goes away. Yeah. And I think you're also saying, because we're talking about frequency too, and energy and law of attraction, which I didn't expect to talk about, but I love it, is that the other thing is that the the person who is um, the ideal partner, not the one that you're actually going to attract, but the ideal partner, they're not going to be attracted to you. But if for some reason, somehow you end up together, you will sabotage the hell out of that relationship. Because you don't mm-hmm. think you deserve it subconsciously. You don't think that you're worthy, right? And you'll you'll ruin it. And you'll, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, you'll make decisions based off that belief. Okay, ladies, I hope you're listening up to this. This is so good. Okay, so what about the whole shutting down? Because I know I've done this a million times. Why do you think that women shut down emotionally in relationships? Yes. So I learned this a while ago and I, you know, I go off of it completely for my clients, for the women I talk to and for myself. Um, Women will shut down with these three U's. So if they feel unseen, if they don't feel understood, and if they feel unsafe, this 
will completely shut down a woman's femininity, a woman's desire to love and a woman's, you know, that desire to really be the best woman she can be for that partner. And so unseen, you know, it can go for a lot of like different things, you know, it can be as small as your partner coming to the house and seeing how clean it is. And just that little compliment, that little like, wow, babe, like you did such an amazing job. I don't know how you work, clean the house and do all of this. That's amazing. She just wants to be seen. Wow, babe, are those, you know, is that a new outfit? I love that lipstick that you're wearing. Your new haircut, you look great. You know, those little things where she feels seen and she feels appreciated. And honestly, this is the big reason why women will cheat is because they feel so unseen in their relationship and almost like dead inside that they will find someone else who actually sees them. So that's just a huge tip and will lead to so much resentment when you don't feel seen. And I think, let me interject and say too, for me, one way of being seen too is noticing if I'm unhappy or noticing if I'm hurting, right? Instead of just assuming everything's fine, you know, because a lot of times men will say, well, you didn't say anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you not notice, you know? So what was the second one? First is unseen. The second is? Not being understood. And that actually is a perfect to like kind of piggyback off the you didn't say anything is the not being understood. This requires a lot of maturity and knowledge around this because it's really easily miscommunicated when women don't feel understood and when men try to fix their problems. So if you have a quality man and he really loves you, he's going to try to fix the problem that you're coming to him with. You know, if I'm telling you, if I'm telling my boyfriend a situation that happened at work, a situation that happened outside, you know, he puts on his little fix it hat and he's like, okay, well, what can we do to solve it? When really, I just want to talk about it. <laughs> but men, they don't understand that. And they just don't handle problems the same way we do. Like, I could go to a girlfriend's house and I could talk about my problem for two hours and feel great afterwards. And a man would go crazy if they talked about something for two hours and came to no solution. Yeah. So that's like, no, 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 no. <gasps> So when you want to be understood, it's really important to have the willingness to say what you want to, you know, what you really want to be understood for. And that's saying, you know, hi, babe, you know, this is weighing really heavy on my heart. Do you have some time tonight after work where I can, you know, talk to you about it, where I can tell you something? And then he says, yeah, babe, of course. And you can say, and don't worry, it's nothing that you need to fix. It has nothing to do with you. I just want to talk about it. And then he can relax. You know, he's like, okay, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, she's not mad at me. All I know is I just need to sit there and listen. But when you're coming to him, like, full force, dropping all these bombs on him out of nowhere, he's like, whoa, what is going on? And he's not going to give you that space to listen. He's just not, that's not going to be his first reaction. And if you, you know, I just had a client tell me that <laughs> she was like, I wanted to tell him about my session. And I asked him, I want to tell you about my therapy session if you want to hear it. And he didn't respond to her the way that 
a girlfriend would respond, you know, like, of course, share it with me. He's like, well, yeah, if you, if you want to tell me. And it's like, because guys don't want to talk about that stuff. So you really have to be clear with your communication that, babe, I don't need you to fix anything right now. I just need you to hear me. And then he's like, okay, fix the hat off. Just listen. I love it. It's really simple, but really complex if you don't do it right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So unseen, not feeling understood. And what's the next one? Not feeling safe. Mm, Unsafe. Yeah. And and that is like physically and emotionally. That's not just, you know, I, I need him to fight every single person that gets in my way. But it comes, you know, in an emotional level that you feel like your partner has your back, whether if that's in front of other people, especially in public. And this goes both ways. You know, when you're when you're in public and I see couples fight or or not even like obnoxiously fight, but you can see them bickering with each other, you know, at dinner and they're just like throwing these sly jabs at each other. And that's so awful to see that the person you're with, you know, the marriage, that's this like sacred commitment and you guys are enemies. You want to feel like you both have each other's back, that you can, you're, you're both protecting the relationship and he has your back in front of other people. Like, you know, you need to respect my wife. You need to respect my girlfriend, period. But there's, you know, there's nothing else because Oftentimes when I'm talking with clients and they're telling me about past relationships or relationships that they're currently in, they feel so unsafe and they don't correlate the two, but it's because they know that that man does not have their back. Like when it comes down to it, that man is thinking about himself and not thinking about his woman. And that just, that, that crushes a woman, you know, whether it's like as simple as, it's dark outside. The trash needs to be taken out. You know, baby, you sit down. I'm going to take the trash. You know, let him be a man and let you be a woman. Someone's giving you a hard time, like an operator is on the phone. They're giving you a hard time, giving you attitude, you know, being disrespectful. Let me talk to them. Like your man comes over and he's like, let me talk to them. And it's not because you can't handle that, but it feels so good knowing that your man is going to step up when he needs to and protect you. I'm so glad you said that because this is the interesting thing. I was talking about this with my friend Joy, that I am a feminist through and through. And I'm very independent and I'm all about women being able to you know, be strong, powerful, independent. Yet, a lot of what I, I've really embraced over the past few years is that for me, part of being an independent, strong woman is being able to be okay with a man stepping in and saying, let me stand up for yes. you, right? Because most women are like, uh-uh, I don't need you. Excuse me, step back. Mm-hmm. I can handle this. I'm a big girl <laughs> because that's me. I'm like, I don't need you to do that. I, in fact, I just said that to my husband the other day and it was so rude, but I said, look, I took care of myself for, for several years before I had you. I'm fine, you know? And he was just trying to love me and be kind. So I just wanted to insert that because anyone listening might go, oh, hold on a minute. I hope they're not saying that these yeah. women are independent and they can't answer the, of talk course. to the operator themselves. That's not what we're saying at all. But that, that goes to that masculine feminine energy as well. Not just the empowerment, but also it's almost like, you know, with women's empowerment and feminism, 
one of the most powerful things you can do as a woman is to say, I don't need to get into the workforce and prove myself and make six figures. I am actually confident enough in myself to choose to stay home with my children. And that pisses people off sometimes when I say that. And I've always worked. Yeah. I've always worked. I've always worked since my children were born. But I, I actually think it's important for us to see that that's very powerful for women to be able to say, I don't have to try to be like a man. Yes. It takes so much pressure off too, you know? I feel like as women, we do a lot. Like we really, we do a lot. <laughs> and I mean, even just biologically speaking, like the, you know, the chemical like roller coaster that we go on every month, the process of being pregnant, giving birth, and then transitioning, you know, menopause. Like there's so many cycles in a woman's life that requires so much of us. And we're not even getting into the physical world. You know, we're not even getting to what we do in careers, what we do with our friends, how we stay in shape, how we, you know, be a good partner, be a good mother, be a good wife. Like, there's a lot that we do. Why do you want to also take on a man's role? Oh, preach. This is so good. Like, why do you want to do that? We already have so much pressure on ourselves for just being a woman. Why do you want to be a woman and a man? Oh my God, it's so good. When I hear women like, I'm strong, I'm independent, I don't need a man. I'm like, you're strong, independent, and lonely. That's <laughs> what I hear. <laughs> I have to keep it real, Joe. Oh I, I love you. This is why I love you. It's like, that's what I hear, but they think that they're going to lose a part of themselves by letting the man have that. But what they took on was never theirs to take on. Mm. So don't take it on. You're actually not losing something. You're actually allowing yourself to gain more of your true self and giving the man what he needs to do as a man. Yeah. Oh, man, this is good. Yeah. Oh, I'm just like letting it sink in. As you're talking, I'm like, yes, I totally, I can feel that. Absolutely. We're taking on so much. So much. And it's not, it's not that we can't handle it. It's like, like you said, if it's, I, I always use the analogy of parking spots. Okay. So you've got a parking lot. And if you free up a couple of those spaces, and your example it would be letting the man do some things that would make him feel seen, heard, appreciated, you know, that he gets to do, you take those couple parking spots, free them up by taking those cars out of the lot then that allows you and I as the female, we've got two spots open now. And not only does it just give us some freedom to breathe, but it also allows, oh, maybe I'll welcome some creativity. Maybe I'll have, you know, another thing come into that parking spot that's for me. Instead of me hanging on with my ego, I need to do this and do that and I have to, <laughs> right? That we get, like you said, it's our own truth then ex just expanding and we become a better and more, authentic version of ourselves and it's exactly. not it's not unfeminine and and anti-woman and anti-feminist movement to allow sometimes men to step in and do that it's not i i really don't believe it is you know and again like i said trust me i'm going to be the one speaking up in a meeting i'm going to be the one saying do not mansplain me i use that word to my husband i'm like you mansplain me one more time i'm going to punch you in the face like don't don't interrupt me and mansplain me don't however i have learned that it does feel good too the older i've gotten and the more work i've done truly on me 
I have, I have embraced what you're talking about, you know, without even knowing it, it just that femininity of, you know, it's okay that, um, like sometimes I feel bad. My husband, um, every week he's the one that takes the garbage out. There's no reason I can't do the damn garbage. It's not that hard. No, you put it, and we live on the country, right? So you like, you put things at the back of the tractor. It'd probably be kind of fun to figure out, drive it down to the end of our driveway. And sometimes I feel bad about that. And then I'm like, I'm not going to say that because he likes, he may not enjoy doing that, but he likes that he's taking care of us. He's taking care of our family when he does it. And it feels good. He feels good. Yes. Just like when I am making dinner, you'll never see him making dinner. Now I'm all about men making dinner. I love you take Tuesday. I take Thursday. I think men actually should probably do more of that. Learn a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. But as to your point, me not trying to flip that has actually, I think it's, it's good for us. It's good. Yes. It's so healthy. Yeah. And for all of the listeners too, who are in same sex relationships, you know, I have a lot of um, friends and I have, you know, uh, a niece and, and other people who are in same sex relationships. I want you to hear me saying that whatever we're talking about um, works in all relationships. You can just take the word man out. All, every single one. Yeah. You can take the word man out, but it's important for you women who are in a relationship with a woman to figure this dynamic out. Don't you agree? It's just masculine and feminine energy. It's not, it's not catered towards one gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we're saying things like finding a man who will, it's finding a partner who will, but you, all of us struggle with this and it's so important for a healthy relationship. Um, and I love that you said that, that we want to be, see if I can remember without you telling me, um, that that we shut down when we are feeling unseen, when we're feeling that we're not understood, and when we are feeling unsafe. Oh, oh and as far as the unsafe thing, give us an example too of where it has nothing to do with like being taken care of or like physical. Because I know there are times where I have not felt safe to express myself because I know that how it's going to go. If I, if I would express myself, um, I... I have not felt like it would be met with the response I wanted. So I didn't feel safe to. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually experienced that one a lot in my past relationship. I didn't feel it wasn't. Oh, I also didn't feel safe physically. I felt like I, I, but I was also much more masculine, but I felt like I couldn't trust him and I didn't feel safe with my heart. Like me being in that relationship, my heart being in that relationship, it didn't feel like it was protected. And it felt like I was having to, you know, I I was having to compromise and overextend myself to try to make myself feel safe, which just heightened my masculinity completely because you have to feel safe. Everyone has to feel safe. And as a woman, I think we're oftentimes threatened by this, you know, a lot more than men. Men don't think about the things that we think about, you know, walking to a car late at night. Like it just does not go through their head. So if I don't feel safe all the time in the outside world, and then I come home to a man that also doesn't make me feel emotionally safe, like I'm just going to try to make myself as big as possible to hide how vulnerable we really are. Because we don't feel safe outside or inside. Mm, that's really interesting. So then we show up in that way in the relationship, and then we wonder why we repel the man. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was. I just 
despised my ex-boyfriend for so long because I was like, why can't you be a man? And I was like, well, there can't be two men in a relationship. So, And again, it's not gender. It's just there can't be two masculine energies in a relationship. And I was, I had gone like completely masculine without even knowing it. Yeah. So just so you know, our listeners are familiar with this topic because we just had Joy Harrington on and we talked about polarity and feminine energy. And then Stefano's, he talked a little bit about that in a previous episode. And so they know what you're talking about, the masculine feminine energy that we all hold. And those of you who haven't listened to those other episodes, go back and listen, because this is really big. As you said, it's not gender specific. All of us have masculine and feminine energy, and there can't be two people who are all the way into their masculine in a relationship. There has to be polarity for it to be not just interesting and exciting, but for it to last. Has to have polarity. You have to have polarity. And for the women who, because I remember saying to Stefanos, because I'm I'm always been very masculine, and and I said, um, now that I know what feminine energy is, it'd be nice to live there all the time. And he's like, well, be careful. He said, because if you're always in your feminine 100% of the time, he goes, Jill, I'm going to tell you right now, you'd be bored. You're not going to do anything. (laughs) You're not going to get anything done. Yeah, you'd be bored. Right. (laughs) So you have to flip that on sometimes. So it's it's an interesting topic about the balance. So um, when you, um, you know, with the women that you're coaching, I have to say, I love the fact that you have so many young clients because I can't even imagine what my life would have been like if I had learned this stuff in my 20s and 30s. I can't, I can't imagine because even though I was doing personal development, I had never heard any of this. And so I commend you for the work you're doing. You you truly, truly are affecting. I mean, listen to this. You are affecting future generations because if you, I'm going to have you coach my three daughters, right? So they are 19, almost 21 next week and 22. Oh. And imagine if they figure this stuff out now. I know. What is it going to be like when they choose their partner? It's going to affect who I have at my Thanksgiving table in five years. So thank you. No, seriously, who you raise kids with, who you marry, like that stuff is so important. But people just think that it's a, you know, it's something to do off a checklist, but it's not. You know, I think really like who you marry is the most important and biggest business deal that you will ever, ever do. So take the time to really learn about it think about it, try to show up the best version of yourself. And I totally recommend like getting coaching, you know, as a single woman, when you're engaged, when you're married, like there's different phases to everything. So I really feel like it's just so valuable to constantly be learning about those different phases and how you can continue to evolve through all of them. Yeah, because a lot of these young women don't understand what, again, I didn't know at the time either, but what I now know, they don't understand that it's not an accident that they picked Joe or Jack. It wasn't an accident. It's their own wounds. It's their own subconsciously reenacting wounds from their childhood. It reminds them of what was familiar, even if familiar was pain, and they call that chemistry and they call that love. And so one of my girls um, was in a relationship for quite some time, and we were very concerned, and we were not happy at all with this guy. And I remember her saying, I understand. I will make the decision when I'm ready. But she started to see it. Well, now she's not in that relationship. And just the other day, we had a nice heart-to-heart about it. And she said to me, I knew 
that it was wrong and it was not a good relationship for me, but I wasn't strong enough. She said, I didn't love myself enough. And I had to figure, I mean, imagine though, finding that out, figuring that out at 21. It's pretty amazing. And now that she figured that out and she started loving herself and, you know, going to a therapist and really looking at herself, you know, I'm excited about who she will attract because, oh man, I wish I had known that. So, um, but thank, thank you for your, the work that you're doing, for who you are in this world, for of course taking all of your, you know, stuff you went through and turning that into now medicine for everybody else and for all of us like me who are mothers, thank you because this is not work we can do with our kids. Even if we knew what you knew, they can't hear it from us. No, it just doesn't. They just don't listen the same way. No. So will you tell everybody about your online course that you're going to be doing and how, how can they find you and work with you, et cetera? Yes. Yeah, so I'm creating a live webinar that's going to be out at the end of this month. It's going to be all about self-love. So if you're going into the month of love, Valentine's around the corner, feeling like there is no love in your life, this is going to be perfect for all of you to kind of tap into that and realize how much love you can create in your life. And follow me on Instagram. I will post all my updates. I have a waiting list right now. And you can stay tuned, you know, with my content, with my videos, they all have great dating tips. And, you know, I just plan on growing my brand and, you know, serving women and just doing the best that I can to get this message across. Oh, I love it. And so what is your specific Instagram handle? We'll put it in the show notes, but maybe go ahead and say it if someone's on their phone right now. Love Coach Vale. All right. And Vale is V-A-L-E. Tell them your, your beautiful, your full birth name. I want to hear you say it. <laughs> Valeria Jaramillo. Oh, it's so pretty. Well, thank you. I'm so excited about our friendship. I'm so happy that you were willing to give us time. And thank you again. Of course, Bill. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at JillHermanBU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living. 